The book was better. I don't think we need to do a clap. We don't have to clap. Because we're together. Yep. There's no sinking. Hello. (laughs) This is rough. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of the Book Was Better podcast. I am Kaylee Clark. And I'm Taylor Collette. Um, This episode is delayed because (laughs) I was sick. And while I'm not sick anymore, my voice is shot. So... And I now have the sickness that she did have. So we're just doing great. Listen, it's it's fine. It's I had, winter. I had a cold and mastitis at the same time, and it was miserable. Um, I don't recommend. I don't. But we are... <laughs> Good night. <laughs> You're um, like an adolescent boy. I honestly... Um, we are finishing, finally, the Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah, we're finally getting around to it. Yeah. Listen, the motivation I had to actually finish this was zero. So um, I'm just going to spout out my unpopular opinion now. And that I don't really think most of the Narnia books are even that good. And you can come at me if you want, but I will counter that point with. I do really like C.S. Lewis. But I like his works that he wrote for adults more than these, which he targeted towards children. The Great Divorce is awesome. Mere Christianity is great. Like, he's I got other good stuff. if you don't have the nostalgia of the Narnia series, like growing up with it, then similar to a lot of other, like, it's not even YA. It's like children's literature. <laughs> It's it's hard to go back to it as an adult and enjoy it through a non-nostalgic lens, I would say. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel like it's after that first one. Like, I, I do enjoy reading The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Okay. And I even enjoyed Prince Caspian for the most part. But I just feel like the stories start losing sense like there's plot holes and yeah, they just, do go on. He he starts putting so much focus on this allegory, basically mm. that the actual story doesn't work. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense. Yeah, not that that necessarily translates to the movie as we will and discuss because the movie's different. I do think that the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is honestly a great standalone. Yeah, like it doesn't need sequels. So for me, I've always reread and rewatched just the first one. Yeah. So like I this is my first time watching The Voyage of the Dawn Treader. I've read it before, but this was my first time watching the movie because I just didn't care to see it. It was my first time for both (laughs) because I did not care. Yeah. So and it was a challenge to force myself to do it, but we got through it. We got there. Um, We are back to our three, two, one, three grievances each. My goodness, (laughs) this is going to be an experience. Um, We will start with our spiel, my little spiel. I mean, are there any announcements? No. We're recording this in person together. 
That's um, fine, but we're uh, not filming it this we're time. We're not filming this one because we're both sick and it just wasn't going to work, but... No, we're not putting our faces out there right now, but... I will be back in St. George in like a couple weeks, so... We will be filming one of our Percy Jackson episodes yes. together. So yeah. that'll be fun. That I'm looking forward to. This I just had to get through to get to that. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, Chronicles of Narnia... And the voyage of the oh my gosh the, the voyage, voyage of the dawn treader the voyage of the dawn treader um, was directed by Michael Apted 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 I don't know Apted um, oh that's something I forgot to look up though was when I believe this was his third book published but when released in the chronicles chronologically it's the fifth one I think I don't know. Okay, so yeah, so it was originally published in 1952. Um, and yes, it was the third published of the seven novels, but in the, in the actual books, I have them somewhere. Oh, there. It's the fifth. Yes, because it's after The Boy and His Horse. And, and all this other stuff. stuff. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I haven't read all of them, and honestly, I don't really have the desire to. So, I know. sorry again for the Nar Narnia slander, but... Anyway, so yeah, it was published in 1952, and then the movie came out in 2010. Okay. Um, quite a few years after the, like, Prince Caspian. Well, that's because it got dropped by Disney and picked up by Fox. Oh, did it? I mm -hmm. didn't even make that connection. Yeah. Um, and then dropped by Fox because it didn't do as well as I wanted it to. Yeah. Interesting that they kept the same um, cast and everything. Cast and everything and just yeah. like kept it going. Yeah. Weird. Anyway, that's good to know. But yeah, directed by Michael Apted. Um, a screenplay was done by Christopher Marcus, Stephen McFeely, and Michael Petroni. Uh, <coughs> so three people doing that. Um, music was done by David Arnold and then, um, casting was done by Nina Gold and Christine King. Um, I feel like casting those names sound familiar from the other ones, mm -hmm. but otherwise it makes sense now that you say it was, it's no longer Disney. Um, yeah. that's why it, um, has a whole new lineup, lineup of people. Of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, for those who need a refresh, or even for those who don't, here's our little summary, um, as well as I can do it so that it still matches both the book and the movie, because there are differences. Yes. Um, so Peter and Susan are not in this one. They're now too old to return to Narnia. They're off doing other things. So it's just Edmund and Lucy. And they're joined by their cousin, Eustace, who I, when reading this, thought was a girl for the longest time until it finally said he. Wow. In regard to Eustace, I thought Eustace was a girl name. No. Yeah, Eustace I don't know. A boy name. I haven't known very many Eustaces. Well, it's not a very common name no. nowadays. Um, but I really thought it was a girl name. And so when I finally got to that point... Um, I mean, it wasn't like halfway through the book or anything, but still I was like, I had to completely redirect what I was picturing in my head. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, 
Um, but yeah, so they get sucked through a picture this time. Yes. Into Narnia. Um, it's a picture of the the Dawn, Dawn Treader, which is Prince, now King Caspian's ship. Um, and so they get sucked through the picture and land in the in the water there and they get picked up and they discover that uh, Caspian is on a trip to try and find the seven lords of Narnia that were all like banished by the White Witch, basically. Um, as they had all been supporters of like his father's kind of thing. So that takes them to a bunch of different islands and they <laughs> do find and rescue some of the lords. Some of the lords are um, still missing or presumed dead, basically. Um, and there's an evil that they have to destroy. Well, it's like when they finally find the the last of the lords, they're in this like eternal sleep yeah. that they have to. Again, it's not the same. I know. As that's the why movie, I said an evil, which is named. why it's like it's weird. So um, either way, it ends with like Aslan's there again in different ways again in the book and the movie. And the kids end up going back to our world um, but they're basically told that they would now be too old to return again. Yep. So that's the best I can give where it still matches both the book and the movie. This one definitely has the most differences. Oh, of for the three, sure. This one, they really took some liberties. Which we will get into. Yes. Um, do you want to go first? Sure. Give your voice a break. Yep. <laughs> All right. So my number three is... <laughs> I'm not so sick. Tempted to go grab some tissues or something. Yeah. Um, okay. So for my number three, I want to talk about Eustace, and I want to talk about a character who does not exist in the book, only in the movie, Gale. So we'll talk about Gale first. So I understand they probably just wanted more female characters because there was literally only Lucy in the book, pretty much. Yeah. So I'm sure that they were like, oh, maybe we should have another female character. And so Gail is this castaway that they find and her mom got lost to the mist, which we'll talk about later. Yep. Um, and they're like, she's trying to find her mom. And it allows Lucy to kind of come into this caring, like almost older sister motherly role to Gail. Something that this movie really liked doing was pitting, and we'll talk about this more in a minute too, but yeah. it was like pitting the younger siblings against their older siblings. Yeah. Like brother against brother, sister against sister. And it did not make sense to me. No. Like so much like comparing and like yeah. self. Um, oh my gosh, my brain is still foggy. Like self-esteem issues. Yeah. I guess self-image where they just needed to see themselves as their older sibling to, like, see value. It's weird. It I was, yeah. It was weird. And, like, Lucy originally, like, was more interested in, like, learning magic or, like, you know, like, doing something. And then it was, like, no, be a caregiver. I can nurture. Yeah. 
it was interesting. Anyways, so that's Gail. I don't I don't know. I don't think they needed her, but I guess, yeah, having another female was nice, but they could have made crew members female. Yeah, they totally could have done it in a better way. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Make it, you know, to work on the ship. You could have been allowed to be like a sailor as a as a woman. That would have been a hard switch. No, it's Narnia. Anything's possible. Yeah. So, um, and then with Eustace, who I don't, I don't really like Eustace in the book either. It's hard because obviously you get so attached to the main four and then you get to this one and it's like Peter, who was my favorite, gone. Susan, who was awesome, gone. And then they replace it with Eustace. Who I feel like C.S. Lewis didn't even like. No. I'm like, what do you, you don't even like this character. Like, you You know he's annoying. Yeah. (laughs) Like. He's like the annoying kid cousin that everyone's like, no, you have to let him go. Like, you have yeah. to let him play with you. And you're like, oh, fine. Yeah. Really, though? Yeah. And so I do think it's funny that in the movie they make him, because he turns into a dragon in both. In the book, he turns back quite quickly. In the movie, they kept him a dragon for like half of it. Yeah. And I'm like, did you just not want to deal with him either? <laughs> but the whole experience of changing into a dragon is what's supposed to like help him be better. Yeah, help him change his ways. Yeah. But and then there's like Eustace has like this journal, which obviously it's hard with written versus movies. We've but it's about weird. This Why would you put it through Eustace's lens? But yeah, it's like nobody likes him. In the movie, they kind of use his journal as like a narrative device to like yeah. try to move it along. But it's just kind it's of weird. Doesn't come across it's funny in some ways. But most, mostly I don't think it's successful. It's like they were trying for funny and it just didn't really land. Yeah. So I, again, the problem with Eustace is I didn't really like him in the book either. So part of me is like, yeah, keep him a dragon. Then I don't have to yeah, cure him. him a dragon. But I do think that that did like prevent his character from getting that growth that you see in the book. Yeah. And so by the end of the movie, you still don't really like him. <laughs> yeah. So that's my number three. Just, you know, those are like some side character changes that I noticed. We will talk about main character changes as well. Yes, yes, we will. But that's my number three. Um, My number three is just uh, about kind of like the journey itself, um, specifically the islands. So, um, oh, crap, I had counted and now I forgot. But I believe in the book, they go to a total of seven it's six or seven. Six or seven islands. And they do not visit that many in the movie. Um, Which I get, you know. You yeah, you have, have so to shorten time. it. You have to shorten it. But they also, like, change the order. But they order. change the order, and that's the thing that confused me. They change the order around also, and... One of the islands, which I felt like was pretty significant, is one of the ones that they completely get rid of, and it's the, the island where all your dreams come true. Yeah. But... When when the, in the book you learn that the dreams that come true aren't good dreams, they're only bad dreams. Yes, yeah, the, the nightmare. It's the nightmare island, basically. Um, and I feel like that, and that's where they find one of the lords, and he's basically just being been tormented for the past what like twenty years or whatever by his worst nightmares. Um, Great for children. And it's like the last island they go to before, well, like the second to last, second basically. To last, yeah. Before they go to the one where everyone's asleep 
um, in an eternal dreamless sleep, right? And so there's like this juxtaposition between those islands and the experiences of those lords. And I realize now that this necklace I'm wearing is probably making jingle jingles. But wow. yeah. Um, sorry, guys. Um, um, so I just I feel I felt like they. It was weird to me which islands they decided to keep versus which ones they got rid of. It's like which ones could we do the coolest effects on? But also, like, I feel like the Nightmare one would have been really cool effects, so I don't know. Well, and obviously, like, we've talked about this before, too. When it comes to movies in general, um, they always up the action, They right? want action, they, action, in, action. They increase the, the stakes, I guess. And this one is, that's like a huge... It's huge. ...overarching difference between so the So much more combat and fighting and... It's never like, let's tension. think this through. It's mm-hmm. just like, let's fight it out. Let's fight, fight, fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, um, and I guess that'll kind of feed into some of the other ones too. But uh, that's my number three is, um, it's not something that bugged me the most. Like I said before, I didn't necessarily super enjoy the movie or the book in the first place. But um, the islands being... It's more the out and, of order. Moved out of order and ignored and... Again, which ones they chose to include and yeah. which ones they didn't. It's just weird. I I'd, just don't understand their thought process. I'd be curious to hear, you know, to be a fly on the wall while they're making those decisions. They had three screenwriters. We've said it before. Too many cooks <laughs> Too many in the cooks kitchen. Too many cooks in the kitchen. So that's my number three. Okay. Um, our number twos kind of go hand in hand with our main character analyses. Um, so I'm going to talk about Caspian. And then Kaylee will talk about Edmund. Oh, yeah. Because um, with Lucy, really, the main difference is was with Gail and, like, that whole storyline. So, but with Caspian, and I think that this started in the second movie, honestly. And it started with, um, oh, who's the actor that plays him? Who that plays, plays Caspian. Caspian, Ben Barnes. Ben Barnes. Love him. Yes, and I think that's part of the problem. I think he has a bit of the Snape effect. I was going to say, it's the, yeah, it's the, um, the, Alan, not Snape, the Alan Rickman, Alan Rickman effect. Rickman yeah. effect, yeah, where everyone loved Caspian, and so they wanted to continue that into this one and keep his character as the good guy, as the one that everyone really likes, mm. and keep Edmund as the annoying one that people don't really but like. But they had Eustace. I know. <laughs> But especially with Caspian, they didn't want him to be the way that he was in the book, which was a bit selfish, a bit greedy, a bit dumb <laughs> at times. Because in the he was young, a young king. He was a young still king. learning. Uh huh. And so, in all of these situations, they end up in the movie. They switch Caspian and Edmund's reactions to things, which will obviously lead into what we talk about with what you talked about with Edmund. But yeah. Caspian in the book makes mistakes and he does dumb stuff and at the end Aslan has to tell him to stay and to do the right thing because he wants to go into Aslan's land he wants to go and do this he wants to like keep going and Aslan's like no don't do that (laughs) and so in the movie it's like he's like no I need to stay here do my duty like blah 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 you know he he's all righteous and that's great but it's not who his character is in the book yeah and don't get me wrong, this definitely makes him more likable. Mm-hmm. But at the cost of Edmund's character. Yeah. And I'm going to let you talk about Edmund before I say more about Caspian because I feel like I don't want to, like, yeah. cover what you're so, going to cover. 
I mean, right from the very beginning of the movie with um, before they even get sucked into Narnia, it's it's still World War Two somehow. Did they stretch out? Has it been World War Two for all freaking three movies now of Narnia? Well, I thought it was long. It's, it's, a, it's really long yeah. for the kids having aged as much as they have. Yeah. World War II, I thought, was five years long. My husband would be mad that I don't know that. Listen, I'm not a war buff. How long was World War II? How long was World War II? 1939 to 1945, so five to six years. Yeah. Oh, wait, six years, one day. There you go. Clockwise Six from years. top left location. So, okay, this one's gonna be a whole lot. So okay, so maybe a little bit years. longer. Okay, so then maybe that's fine. Yeah. But I was just annoyed mostly that it's like, oh, Peter's in the army. Yes. Peter's not supposed to be in the army. And Susan's also doing something to help the war. The war efforts. And I'm like, what is with the freaking Paventis in war all of a sudden? Because in the book, Susan is traveling in America yeah. with her parents. And Peter is just like studying at university yeah. or studying with a professor, maybe studying not with, at yeah. the university, He's but studying like studying somewhere. Valiant efforts that aren't violent, mm -hmm. Va valiant, not violent. Right. And I think that fit Peter and Susan's characters more. Yeah. Peter was, you know, wanting to continue to learn and grow. And Susan wanted to adventure and to see the world. Yep. And so the movie being like, oh, yeah, this is what they're doing. And, oh, Edmund's in line trying to enlist in the army because he still has some sort of weird pissing contest with his older brother. And yeah. he's still, oh, jealous Edmund. And I'm just like, this is the third movie. Yeah, they didn't. They have given Edmund what, no what growth. Is, any growth he has in any prior movie gets, like, immediately taken away at the beginning of the next one. Yeah. It's ridiculous. He's the same kid. That he was. And you're like, really? In these five years? That sold out his his siblings for some Turkish delight. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, he hasn't grown at all in those five years. Okay, cool. Like, Even it's though ridiculous. He, it wasn't just five years. Because they stayed in Narnia. Yeah, for ten years or something. For so many years, became full-on kings, and he was helping run Narnia. Ten years. I'm pretty sure somewhere it's stated to be 10 years. Whatever amount of time. It was at least 10 years, plus the yeah. five years that they've been back. And you're telling me he has not no, changed at like, all? No, like, no growth. No, yeah, it's just, it seemed weirdly petty. Again, why are we pushing this weird agenda of, like, sibling rivalry and, um, and just no growth? So it, it kind of starts with that. And but then, then it continues into the story with similar things to what Taylor's already mentioned, being that, like, he's he continues to be tempted by greed and um, and lust for power on these different islands during different trials. And when in the book, it was maybe Caspian who's supposed to be getting tempted by that. Most of the time. Or Eustace. <laughs> or, you know, like, they're, they give... They, these like negative traits. If someone's doing something word. bad or annoying, they're like giving it to Edmund instead. Yeah. And it was annoying to me because despite me not really not liking Edmund and, um, yeah, but, but, but they don't, they don't help you like him, you know, they don't, they don't give him 
any sort of likable traits direction. And again, he was the king of Narnia. Caspian is a new king, was a prince, probably, you know, a bit spoiled growing up. Yeah. So it makes more sense for Caspian to be making these mistakes, not Edmund, who was a king already and was the... What what did they say? Because all of them had like a a saying about them, right? Like Kynes... Peter the Just or something. And wasn't it Edmund the Wise? I don't know. Am I getting confused with Salazar (laughs) (laughs) Slytherin? I'm pretty sure it's Edmund the Wise. Um, Edmund, what book were you, what, what, what king were you of? Um, King Edmund the Just. The Just, okay. So Peter was the wise, maybe, or maybe Susan was the wise. Anyways. But if he's this just king, you know, and that's what he was known for, and then suddenly he's petty, jealous, greedy, it, it just... It doesn't check out. It, no, it doesn't track. Yeah, so, um, to to not beat a dead horse, yeah, that's the that saying. That is a saying. Um, it's a terrible saying, but it yeah. is a saying. But that, I mean, that's just what it boils down to. So, um, I don't, I never thought I'd be coming to the defense of Edmund Benzi, but. No. Here I am. That's my number two. Yeah, and my number two by extension, because, yeah. It's yeah. just, uh, Caspian took Edmund's good stuff. It's like the, the Ron. They pulled a Ron. Yeah. I just, I, I don't understand the, and this is going to be a little bit of a side tangent, but I don't understand the pull in Hollywood to make characters f- almost flawless. Like, for them to think that for the, the good guy to be good... They have to have no flaws or very superficial kind of flaws. Like, why can't we just make well-rounded characters that are real and relatable? So I feel like that was just what happened here again, Mm -hmm. which was, oh, this is the guy we want everybody to like, so he can't have any flaws. (laughs) Yeah. So Everyone loved Caspian before. We can't ruin that. Yeah. But I don't think it would have been ruined. I think it would have been a growth story and... Development and it. Would I think good. Ben Barnes could have handled it. He could have played it well. Yeah, I agree. So, um, oh, Brenton passed. Sorry. Oh, good, he did. Yep. Oh, sweet, good for him. Yay, he can get paid to fly. Yep. That is important. <laughs> okay. Which means sorry. he'll be going home soon and can stop my dog from eating everything. <laughs> Um, anyway, those are our number ones and twos. Nope, threes and twos. Threes and twos. Um, honorable mentions. I feel like a lot of my little things are going to be encapsulated in our number one. So, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I'm trying to think of anything yet we haven't mentioned already. Mm -hmm. Um, Um, I mean, they, they, the slave trade situation... Oh. They didn't have Caspian, you know, get sold as a slave, which I kind of understand that change. I don't think that was as crucial to the story. No, but I... It doesn't make sense to include it in the story because they made changes to Caspian's character that Mm -hmm. he didn't need to be humbled humbled in that way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that 
uh, I think those are the, that's like the only other note I have down. I mean, that everything isn't else. isn't going to be part of the. Yeah, everything, really a lot of it's going to be encapsulated in our number one. So. Okay, yeah. um, take it away. Okay, um, so it's just the, the whole, the whole plot is just changed. But the main thing I'm going to talk about is the stupid green mist. <laughs> Which honestly also, is it just me who thinks it looked bad? Oh, the, it was terrible CGI. I'm like, Lord of the Rings CGI was done in like early, early 2000s. And this it movie looks is 2010 and that looked better than this. Yeah. yeah. So anyways, it looks stupid. It was stupid. In, <laughs> in the book... It's like they kind of talk about like a darkness. It's just like there's like a an evil presence. And like a. But it's I feel like they tried to take the island. That gave nightmares. And then instead of including that as a stop on their trip, they just turned they it were into like, the big let's bad. just turn it into the bad guy. And I'm like, yeah. There wasn't really a bad guy in no, the book. That's just it. It's like they are like they have a, a search for these seven lords. And that's like the purpose of the journey. And that's the it's plot. not I need to go beat this green mist stuff. Because it's swallowing up citizens of Narnia. Yeah. Yeah. And messing with people. Well, and, and they brought back the freaking white witch again in like a vision yeah. of the green mist. And it's just like, okay. And then at the very end, the green mist turns into a sea serpent that they have to fight and kill. And that's how you win. And that's how you win. <laughs> but because again, they wanted action. They wanted exciting scenes. Well, but there is a sea serpent that they have to like triumph over in the book. Yeah. But a it's normal not, sea serpent. It's a dumb normal sea serpent. Not a clever green mist sea serpent that's terribly CGI'd. It's, I don't, it was weird. It was weird. I don't think it was necessary. I think that they already had a plot and then they were like, what if we ignored that plot <laughs> and put this plot in instead? Because it's fun. Because it's, it's easier to understand. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> is it? I don't know. <laughs> But that then goes into yours. Yeah, which is just that in general and overall, the plot or like the main goal is changed. Because in the book, the goal is just to find these seven lords and basically rescue them and bring them home, like yeah. bring them back to Narnia. Um, and because they were all close to Caspian's dad mm -hmm. and Caspian wants their... Support. Support and their a new wisdom. And it, that totally makes sense because he needs it because he's kind he of He wants them brat. to be his knights of the round table. Yes. To his King Arthur. Okay. Um, and in the book, the ending is they find three of the lords in stuck and trapped in this eternal slumber where they're told the only way to get to wake them up is to travel to the end of the earth or edge of the earth or yeah. I don't remember the exact terms they use. And that basically there has to be some sort of like sacrifice for the greater good of sorts. Um, where it's like sacrifice one for the rescuing of many. It's like one of you has to decide to stay behind at the end of the earth and then everybody will be woken up kind of thing. Yeah. And that's what Reaper Cheap does. Yes. Reaper Cheap doesn't 
go to Aslan's country. No. He is in true fashion to Reaper Cheap's character. He goes out with a bang. He goes out with, you know, honor and doing what he knows that, like, I am going to do this for my friends and... He gets in this little boat. As a hero's And death. the end of the earth is like a waterfall going up. Is how it's described. And he rows his little boat up and is never seen again. That's how it ends. And then the Narnia or the lords are woken up. And then Aslan tells the kids that, like, they can't come back. And then this is where it becomes the allegory thing, because C.S. Lewis was a Christian, hardcore, and all of his works had Christianity undertones, where Aslan was like, hey, I'm going to send you home now, and you're going to be too old to ever come back to Narnia anymore. Sorry. Um, I mean, he doesn't say it like that. But that's essentially what he means. And then Lucy gets all sad, because she's like, but Aslan... I don't know if I'm ready to not see you again. And Aslan, who we all know is Jesus. That's the representation. Yes. Is like, but I do exist in your world and you just have to find me. And your whole purpose for coming to Narnia was to grow closer to me so that you could better form a relationship with me in your world. And it's just like, not not hiding whatsoever no, very blunt. the message very blunt. <laughs> that C.S. Lewis was trying to tell children um, about building a relationship, a personal relationship with Christ, right? Like, yeah. that was the story and the goal and the purpose of the book. Movie, no. And I get maybe not taking it to that extreme. They're like, we're not going to have some Christian allegory. I get that. I can voice. understand that. However... You could have kept the main goal of it's just an adventure story. And you, yeah, they they have to overcome a sea serpent, Nightmare Island, um, slave traders who when slavery is illegal, right? So they're like criminals. Yeah. You have to overcome different things still along the way that make the story entertaining and, and feed to the plot. But it can be simple. It is a children's book. Yeah, it's for children. But then the movie took it and went a completely different direction with it and had to make it bigger and complicated. Yeah. And add the stupid green mist. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Which screenwriter can we... Can we blame for that? But it's, yeah, like, the I, the mist. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, and the seven swords. We forgot. Oh, and yeah. And it wasn't just the, the movie adds that it's not just finding the seven lords. It's you need to find the seven lords because you specifically need the seven swords of the seven lords. The seven lord swords. To defeat the green mist because you have to yeah. put all seven swords on Aslan's table. Yes. You know what it reminds me of when I was looking at the differences and stuff? It reminds me of the first Percy Jackson movie where they add the quest where you have to go get the pearls from these certain locations and then you do that. Like, that's kind of what it reminded me of where they added an extra step on something they were already doing. They were already going on a quest. Yeah. But they're like, 
Let's what complicate if it. They had to do more things on the quest and get these certain items. Yeah. And I'm like, what? Okay, sure. You're already finding the seven lords. Why do we now need swords? <laughs> yeah, I get it. So, Anyways. Um, but yeah, so that's my, my main thing was just the, the goal of the story was changed, which in turn changed the plot and in turn changed just a whole bunch of stuff that happened. Um, maybe... And maybe that's not a big deal for those who have never read the books. It probably didn't even, wouldn't even phase them because it still makes sense. Yeah, but I don't think it's like, I don't think the movie standalone is anyone's like favorite movie. Like, I don't think anyone oh, really no. enjoyed it. I would not be surprised if it scored low on Rotten Tomatoes. Or even I'm like looking at what's its IMDb score. Six out of ten. Okay. Only has a 53 meta score from critics. What is it on 53 out of 100. 6.3 out of 10 from just like customer ratings or customer viewers. Just like the the, the average, your layperson. Um, it has a 50% and a 58% audience score. So yeah, it just didn't perform well. It didn't do very well in general, I guess. Um, okay, well, those are our thoughts. What are your thoughts? I know we got a couple. Yes. Um, fan faux pas. I don't think any of them are on Facebook. I think they're all on Instagram, right? I believe so. Um, we have a nice long one from Sierra Railts. I hope I'm saying that right. Good. Sorry, Sierra. <laughs> I mean, I think you're at least saying her first name right, and that's the most important. Yes. Um, Sierra said, what to say about this train wreck of a movie? <laughs> To be fair, the book material is fairly dull and lacks pacing. This movie failed trying to remedy that with the weird green mist, reintroduction of the White Witch, and stupid, useless other plot conflicts like tension between Edmund and Caspian. The pacing in each is hecka weird. They reach Ramunda's island way too quickly in the movie, although maybe that's a good thing since the entire movie is cringe and even the sailing in the books gets too long. I think the one thing they did well was Eustace. He is perfect for the role with his annoying voice and fake bravery mannerisms. <laughs> I love his and Reepicheep's dynamic, which isn't as developed in the book. It's really sweet when Reepicheep stays up with Eustace in the movie. I also like how much more useful Eustace is as a dragon in the movie, like pulling the ship and fighting the sea monster. They also did a fabulous job on the duffel pods. They match the book description and illustrations fairly well. I can't spend too much time ranting because I think Trainwreck and Useless sums it up well. <laughs> I was fairly disappointed with Caspian. This film only disappointed me further. Yeah. And I mean, what more is there to say than that? Honestly. Um, we do have another one, though, from our, from our girl Allie on Instagram. Um, this was one of my favorite books in the series. I loved all the different islands they went to, although the movie took a few of them out. Or their stops at islands weren't very long. I did like the actor who portrayed Eustace. He was spot on. So, I mean, we... As annoying really, as Eustace is, yeah. the actor did do a great job being that annoying kid. I will agree with that. 
was going to say, we only talked about how much we don't like him as a character, but we failed to mention that the casting was done very well. Yeah. So we can't complain about that, at least. They acted their parts the way that they should. It just, mm-hmm. the parts weren't great. And it, they, they did what they could with the script they were given. Right? So. Yeah. So that is The Voyage of the Dawn Treader and the end of the Narnia series. Think, finally. (laughs) I can't do it. I am so glad they only made three movies and didn't do all seven. I know. Like, I'm sorry. Again, I'm sorry if you love the Narnia books and they're near and dear to you, but I just, I'll probably encourage my kids to read them as children because I think they would appreciate them the most at that point. Yeah. I would go ahead and just recommend anybody who hasn't read C.S. Lewis's adult literature. That, I feel like, is where he really shines. Mm-hmm. Like, even if you're not a Christian or a religious person, um, I think really where he he shines when it comes to, like, symbol, like symbolism and just deeper dialogue and just really interesting um, conceptualization, I guess, mm. of the way heaven works and, and everything. Um, Mere Christianity, The Great Divorce, are, I, I, I really enjoyed both of those. So, C.S. Lewis just didn't care. He had Santa Claus in his books. And what more can you really say? Yeah, well, or can we just, we didn't even mention this either. I guess we're doing honorable mentions at the end because it's now just coming back to me. Can we think of the freaking names of the seven lords? They're the seven lords. No, each one has a name and the names are the most ridiculous thing on the freaking planet. I don't remember. Let me see if I can't try and pronounce some of these. Let me see. Sometimes I think by like this book and the future books, he was just having fun. He was just doing stuff. Seven Great Lords of Narnia. Um, give me their names. Okay, no. Lord Burn. Burn was e- is easy. Octesian. Restamar. Roop. Yeah, Lord H- Roop. R-H-O-O-P. Roop, Roop. Maz- Mazramorn. Mav- Mavramorn. Maz. That's a V. V. Oh, that is a V. Yeah. Mavramorn. Still not any better, Taylor. I know. It's not any better. <laughs> Revillian. And Argos, or Argos, again, either way, not better. Like, what are these names? What are these names? They're Narnia names. It's like, man, you want to figure out where the the beginning of just crazy, stupid names are in fantasy books? Look no further. I mean, Tolkien also started with Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's just ridiculous, but. Um, but we made it through. We hope that you enjoyed our Narnia series. We um, still have to answer the age-old question. I know. I know. Was the book better? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Was the book good on its own, though? Was, I wouldn't say so. It was Sorry. I. It was I. It was fine. I agree greatly with Sierra's point that it's just paced really weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's where I went. That's kind of what I said in the beginning where I was like, just the way he wrote those Narnia books, it's so hard for me to really follow them. Yeah. I, again, think he he's, does much better when he leaves the fantasy realm, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry, C.S. Lewis. Um, but yeah, no. 
the book was definitely better. And hallelujah, it's over. And now we get to jump into Percy Jackson. Yeah, so we're doing it. Um, when we asked how you wanted us to do it, there was most people just said, however, as many episodes as it need, as it takes or whatever. Um, we're doing a total of four episodes mm -hmm. i think so it's an eight episode series on disney plus there's eight episodes we're breaking mm -hmm. it down so we're covering two disney episodes in one of our episodes yeah so there'll be four total each covering two and then we will do one more kind of wrap-up episode which will be a collaboration with some other podcasters as well yeah we're excited to have that um and so there'll be a total of five episodes on the series, though the last one will be more Minnesota-esque, mm -hmm. but it'll be a little bit longer because we'll have several guests that we'll be chatting with about it. So that is pretty much going to take us through the next couple months. Yeah. Um, at least the next month. Um, but we're basically omitting um, minisodes. We're omitting a couple minisodes just because we want to get through the... Percy Jackson show while it's fresh. Well, but also we just don't want it to take three months. It to take so long. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there'll be one mini sode um, after we we have to throw one mini sode in there. Otherwise, we'll we'll go too fast. Yeah, and we'll so go we faster to, than the release of the show. Yeah. So so we'll do episodes one and two, we'll cover episodes one and two and then three and four and then have a mini sode and then we'll cover five six seven eight yeah and if you're ever curious uh you can check out our social media at tbwd podcast and we post on there the upcoming schedule for the month so at the beginning of february we'll make a post letting you know what's coming in february so if you need to read or watch stuff to prep you can but it's basically just february will be Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, mm -hmm. still. And then... And then a mini-sode. A mini-sode. And I think that, I don't know, it's a leap year this year, so maybe February... Maybe we'll have one more. more but... weeks than I think, but basically, yeah, so that we're we're not going to have a mini-sode next, next episode. I'm, I was almost going to say next week, but it's kind of this week at this point because we're getting this episode out yeah, late. Yeah, we're getting this out late. Um, so basically later this week... Um, we'll be covering episodes one and two of the Percy Jackson TV show. Um, then the week after that, we'll do episodes three and four. Um, we will also share kind of what chapters They'll like, cover. I, they yeah. cover. Um, yeah. We'll break that down. So I guess I'll break that down for you right now. For this week, it's the first eight chapters of the book. Yes. Episodes one and two of the show. And, and the first eight chapters of the book. Chapters one through eight of the book, give yeah. or take, obviously. Give or yeah yeah basically that's what it is yeah. though um then at the end of that episode we'll kind of tell you what chapters to read going forward um for the next couple episodes we're gonna do a q a mini-sode kind of breaking it up in the middle um so look for that post as well um if you have any burning questions for us um you can Email them to us also at tbwbpodcast at gmail.com or just look for that post on our socials and you can respond to that. Um, but that is the brief 
plan there going yeah, forward. That's kind of what to expect. So we're excited to get into it. Hope, yeah. I mean, I, I think this will be a good rhythm, but we're, we're definitely curious to know what you guys will think because yeah. this is the first TV show that we've done adaptation that we're doing. And I know there's others like there's plenty on our list that are also TV shows that we just aren't sure how to do it. And so this we'll, we'll yeah, see. We will definitely ask for some feedback along the way and definitely at the end to kind of yeah. evaluate. So we, again, never claim to be professionals and we're learning as we go. Yeah, so. we appreciate your patience and your feedback as always. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't um, rated the podcast, we would greatly appreciate it on whatever you are listening on, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever that may be. Um, please rate, review, share with your friends and family. All the things. All the things. And we appreciate it. Appreciate you all for listening. And um, appreciate your patience as this episode got out a little late. And if you've listened this long to my weird squeaky voice. <laughs> so... <laughs> um, and we've somehow managed to record this whole episode while both of our ch kids sleep. I don't know if my son's asleep. Oh, you don't know if Henry's still asleep or not? No. Oh, mom just has him? Yep. Cool. Well, Jimmy's been asleep this whole time, knock on wood. So yep. um, it can be done. Yes. <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you all, and we hope that you have a great week. And don't forget to read.